1 Peter before, so we're going to go back to 1 Peter. I just wanted to clarify a couple things. Um, when we were talking about submission and suffering, one of the comments that I made was, suffering is not permission, or abuse is not permission. Suffering is not permission to put up with abuse. Do you remember that? But there were some circumstances you just couldn't do nothing about. Like if you got thrown into a pit, you couldn't do anything about that. But there are times when you can do something about it, and I want to just derail the, the idea that if you have like a Joseph anointing on your life, you know, and it just seems like, oh, you're not supposed to deal with anything, you're just supposed to put up with whatever comes your way. That's not necessarily true. Um, in First Peter, we'll start at verse uh, 8. Finally, is there, is there, can we put these lights on? All right, thanks. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. I think we heard that this morning. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil for evil or insult with insult, but with blessing because this you were called that you may inherit a blessing. Okay, so when it says do not repay evil for evil, some people interpret that as don't do anything. It didn't say don't do anything. It just said don't repay evil for the, for the evil that was, because you can repay good, as it says, that you inherit a blessing. And sometimes there's very specific things. If you are being mistreated in your workplace or, or wherever, it's not an invitation to just put up with it because the Bible also gives instructions on how to deal with mistreatment when it's within your power to do something. So uh, my wife has been uh, just a champion when it comes to things like that. She's went through, as some of you have known, uh, there was uh, some not exactly things above board happening in, in a certain workplaces. And one time the coworker and the boss were in cahoots together. You know, I'll do this and I'll let you get away with your stuff. If you don't tell on me, I won't tell on you. Well, they tried to pull my wife into that. Well, that's just a red flag right there. You don't try that with my wife. So she said, oh, no, I'm not about to participate in that um, so that we can all get away with whatever injustices that we shouldn't do in the workplace. So uh, in particular, her one coworker just kept uh, doing everything she could to just derail my wife, trying to set her up for bad things, like plotting really bad stuff against someone. So... She'd do what the Bible says. She says, if you have, the Bible says, if you have issue with someone, go to them first. So she did. She, you know what? She put up with it for a while. She endured it, and she prayed for her, kept her heart right for her, and then said, you know what? Um, we're going to have to have a talk. So then she very politely said, okay, this is what's happening. You think we could probably change this, blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, okay, I understand. So after a certain period of time, same old, same old. So my wife goes on about her business, didn't make a big issue of it. We're talking over the course of three years, so it's not like she's short-fused. Some people, somebody says something the wrong way, and all of a sudden you're off the handle. Well, no, this was, she's endured. So Pacheco's, okay, this is reaching a point where it has to be dealt with. So once again, she goes back to the coworker. Okay, this is what's happening, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I understand. And then back to same old, same old. 
So knowing that the boss might not exactly be um, on the same page, she said, well, that's the Bible says is the next course of action. So she went in and had a face-to-face with the boss. And we're talking now probably almost two years into an employment situation, so not like it was very short-fused. <clears throat> and said, okay, this is getting out of hand. He's no longer even addressing it or dealing with it. So what do I do now? I mean, because I've been doing, um, you know, answering kindly. I've been behaving properly and all the, the things the Bible um, says to do. So then the next thing was, because it's a nonprofit organization, they receive funding. She said, this has reached to the point where I can't even go to work because nobody wants to go to work feeling sick. You know, that's that bad. Something has to be done. So either A, you quit. I don't know if anybody else in here has ever been in a situation where you just really felt like quitting because it's just, maybe it was just my wife's workplace. Nobody else here has had a bad workplace. Everybody else has been good. Um, <clears throat> so, Okay. I'm going to have to do what I really don't want to do. I'm going to have to make the phone call to the next level. Oh, and uh, you don't do that unless it's necessary, you know? So unfortunately, and fortunately, um, she made the phone call, thinking the whole time, I don't want the backlash, I know what's going to happen, but God says this is the next course of action for me to do. After three years, this is not like, oh, someone offended me and I'm making a phone call right away because my feelings are hurt. So no sooner did she make the phone call, and the guy on that end says, it's an internal issue, there's nothing we can do. So the next morning, uh, there was some resolve, and after the boss finally decided to have this conversation with the, 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 the co-worker, there was a bit of a blow-up between them, and the co-worker resigned, just like that. At the same time, she got her co-worker's position, so she got an instant promotion and a raise. And she had a choice at that moment. If I make this phone call, <laughs> there could be hell to pay. I was like, well, there's hell to pay already, you know. <laughs> it's not like they're exactly treating you very good. So <clears throat> there's a way to handle things. So when, I, when it says um, endure suffering as a good soldier, it's not saying don't do anything. In fact, she kept her heart. She kept praying for them. And she loved and said, she, you know what, I kept my heart right with my boss, I kept it right with my coworker, and loved them enough to do the right thing so that they can't continue in that cycle. If it's about you, it's about your feelings, you might not get it right in the way you handle it, but if it's not about you and it's about, I need to do these guys right. You know, if someone is stealing from the kitty at your workplace, um, I don't know, should that continue to go on happening, especially if they're encouraging you to do the same? No, it shouldn't. Anyway, 1 Peter chapter 1. I like how uh, the Gospels address either a person, or the Bible, some books address a person, or they address a group of people. When Paul wrote to Timothy, who was the the book written to? Timothy was written to a person. Um, When uh, the book of Peter wasn't written to Peter, it was written by Peter. And it was written for a whole group of people. So when you're reading Peter or the book of James and it says, oh, follow these instructions, you know it's written for everyone. Where if it's uh, the book of Timothy, it's written for him with specific things in mind regarding Timothy's life that you could draw or glean from. Okay, so verse, chapter 1, verse 3. 
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. I don't know about you, but that gives me the warm fuzzies, that there's an inheritance for you that's kept for you by God. You know, sometimes you almost have to think of yourself as a non-believer hearing that message for the first time, that there is an eternal hope, not a temporary hope, an eternal hope, an inheritance that can never perish, nor spoil, nor fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation is ready to be revealed. I don't know about you, but is there anybody else in this room who has needed to be shielded by God's power? Hello. Especially when it comes to dealing with sensitive issues. I mean, uh, when you're dealing with things where the enemy is at work, you need to be shielded by God's power. And God's like, I'm on your side, and I've got righteousness stored up for you. I've got victory stored up for you. Thank you. If you do things my way, with my grace, there's breakthrough for you. There's assured breakthrough for you. Even if it doesn't look like it's working. I don't know if anybody in here has ever blown plan, God's plan A for your life. I don't know, maybe it's just me. <clears throat> I found out, oh my God, I literally, God, I have screwed up, almost intentional, plan, plan A. Now what? And God says, don't worry, I have plan A. <laughs> oh, what about plan B? He says, I don't have a plan B for you. I only have a plan A. I don't waste anything, and there's nothing that you're going through that I wasn't already aware of that I'm not going to use for your good later on and for someone else's good. So don't worry about screwing up plan A, because you know what? This is more of a journey than a plan. You know, if you get blueprints given to you, they're very specific. If you mess up the blueprints, that's it. If it's a journey, well, it's a bit more exploratory. You know, (laughs) there's a bit more liberty. It's not as restrictive. But you can actually end up growing up to where you can adhere to a plan without having any concern at all. And I think that's ultimately what God is taking us to. Speaking of maturity and math, we were talking about math earlier, kids in school. Um, when, you're, when you're young, they teach you addition. They teach you how to add. Addition is uh, an answer looking for a problem. But when they teach you algebra, when you get older, algebra is a problem looking for an answer. Sorry, it's an answer looking for a problem. Addition is a problem looking for an answer, and algebra is an answer looking for a problem. So you just might be an answer looking for a problem. Because I can tell you a lot of times in the Bible, when you were the answer to something, it was your key for a promotion. Why? Because you were the answer. Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Joseph's life. Um, Anybody heard of a a relay race? Okay. Typically, how many people are involved in a relay? Typically four. 
We got Trinity, God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. We got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then, then, there's, then there's Joseph. So you got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Typically, who's the anchor, who's the, uh, the anchor person in a relay race? The last one. Why is the last one, or what is an anchor person? It means you depend on that one to get the job done, right? So you had the promise was made to who? It was made to Abraham. There was no promise made to Joseph. However, Joseph seemed to go through a whole lot of stuff. Why would Joseph have to go through a whole lot of stuff? Well, if you look at the story, the promise was given to Abraham that he would be a father of many nations and all the offspring. And then you get to Jacob where there's 12 tribes of Israel. Well, what was about to happen to the 12 tribes of Israel if Jacob wasn't around, or if uh, Joseph wasn't around? They would have died of starvation. So you got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. I believe Catch the Fire, Catch the Fire Winnipeg, could very well potentially be the fourth leg. It's the one before, when this race is winding up and it's finishing, okay, you're the one that we're depending on to get it done. (laughs) Now, Joseph wasn't aware that he was the guy who was going to get it all done, but God knew I have to position this one to make sure that the promise continues. He wasn't surprised at what Joseph was going to go through. In fact, he had to be a worthy candidate to, to establish the promise that the 12 tribes got their own inheritances, that their breakthrough for the promise was coming through him. <clears throat> So Joseph had to be trusted that he could keep his heart. No matter what they did to Joseph, I mean, some people view you as a problem, other people view you as an answer. Joseph, he had the the pretty coat of many colors, and uh, when when his brothers saw that, they said, okay, this guy's going to be a problem. It's amazing how when you're blessed, other people start seeing you as a problem. I've been guilty. I've been guilty of seeing some people. I've said all the Christian stuff. Oh, I celebrate your breakthrough. On the, on, with my mouth, I said that. And in my heart, I'm like, yeah, how do you deserve it more than me? <laughs> Did I just say that on, no. Is that on record? The trial had to match what he carried for breakthrough for 12 tribes. People are not your problem. It says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we do not wrestle flesh and blood. But if you read the Bible, it almost looks contrary to anything but. Because it seems like people are your problem. And if you don't look at people as your problem, and you look at, ha, ah, these, these are all redeemed, you know, and we just need to get to them what God has put on the inside of us. So his brothers solved him a problem. Um, they saw him as a problem because he had that coat. Um, they have a problem with you because of the anointing on your life. 
they'll have a problem with you because of the gifts of the Spirit in your life. They'll have a problem because you have, uh, your house is blessed. Uh, they'll have a problem because you bought a new car. Tell me that, that this doesn't happen, you know, in some circles. You know, when someone gets blessed, why is it someone's blessing is your problem? How many times have you heard, that was just a prosperity preacher, and they seem more agitated about the prosperous preacher than they do what the devil's actually doing? Why is someone's blessing your problem? Even if, it, even if however they got it, it's not your problem. And chances are, God bless them. <laughs> um, some people are blessed because you have a good family. Or they're, they're, um, they're, they're, they, they look at you as a problem because your family's blessed. Your kids are going to a good school, this, and so they view you as a problem. And they will try to throw you into a, some sort of pit because they have a problem with your blessing. However, the Midianites came along and they looked down and saw Joseph and they saw him as an answer. So some people view you as a problem, other people view you as an answer. Don't let people who think you're a problem, don't let their outlook on you determine your value. If people look at you and imprint on you, you have no value, you're a problem to me, you're a problem to me, you just have to let that wash right off and say, well, uh, I might be a problem to you, but I'm an answer to somebody else. The Midianites saw him as an answer and they figured, we can make money off this guy. So they brought him to Egypt and they sold him, sold him to Potiphar. And if you're willing to pay for something, there's value in someone exchanging currency for, for something. They, they, they saw uh, Joseph as an answer. If you've been praying for money, you don't need to pray for money anymore. <laughs> you can just say, Lord, make me an answer. Because uh, I know, I'm going to get around to it eventually, but you're going to see that people will pay when you become the answer. It's like, oh. <clears throat> and usually the, the people who are answers are, are workers and they have a certain mindset. Um, you got the interview because your boss saw you as an answer. And when you think you have a problem... Um, it's not really your problem. It's an opportunity to show that you are the answer. Potiphar saw Joseph as an answer. Now Joseph is, a, is running a man's house without paying for the house that he's running. God will give you houses you didn't build, vineyards you didn't grow, opportunities that don't match your background, your education, your pedigree, it's not even on your resume, but when God opens a door, he's going to put you into a supernatural blessing. I know I have a witness. <clears throat> so in fact, stop looking for a blessing and find a problem. And that's going to reveal, oh, this is the person that we need. And I, I can tell you, 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 there are people out there who say, oh, this is a problem, and they instantly become the answer. And they realize this is a key that, I don't have a key on me, but it, 
it's cut very fine. All the dents and everything that looks like, oh, it used to be all brand new, shiny and pretty. Now it's all cut to pieces. It's got dent, but it fits the keyhole. <clears throat> it's specific for that. And sometimes you tried to get your blessing to work, and it went into the keyhole. How many times have you done that before? You put a key in, and you tried to turn, but it wouldn't turn. And you're like, wow, I thought this was finally my blessing. I thought it was here. Here's the situation. I got my key. The key fits in the hole, but nothing happens. <clears throat> it was just practice. Sometimes you don't want every opportunity that comes your way to pan out. I know we'd all like for everything to pan out, but what if there, what if there was something better for you when you were losing hope because it didn't work? This was my blessing. I tried to execute my blessing. It didn't work. Well, what if Joseph was the answer for Potiphar? And, he be, and, and what if he didn't become a, a, a problem because he went from being an answer and then he went to being a problem to Potiphar because his wife said, yeah, um, she had affections for him and that became a problem and off he went. So he could have either been satisfied with running Potiphar's house, but instead he goes to jail over it. And in fact, he let himself go to jail to save Potiphar's marriage. How's that? How's that? Like, I could have said something, but I didn't. Have you ever had an opportunity to just tell on someone and grace kept you from saying something? He went from running Potiphar's house back down. This is great because it seems like every time you get knocked down and the further down you go, the higher he goes back up. He went from Potiphar's house back to prison. Now the Pharaoh is asking for him. Why? Because he was an answer. Pharaoh had a problem. He had a dream. Uh, back up a little bit. While he's in prison, I mean, he seems to be the answer wherever he's going. He's an answer to the guy, and you got a dream, I could interpret your dream for you. And, and people don't always appreciate your service to them. The guy gets out, he said, only don't forget me when you leave. He forgot all about him. <laughs> he didn't get all bitter about it. You know what, I, 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 this is what the Lord challenged me with. He said, what if Joseph had never gotten out of jail? Sometimes we're so gung-ho on the promise, thank God for the promises, that we can't enjoy where we're at even without the promise being fulfilled. Like he was like, yeah, well, I'm still in jail, but I'm still having a good time. I'm still the answer. I mean, he was surrounded by people. He was among them, but he wasn't one of them. <clears throat> so the Pharaoh asked for him, and he comes from being a problem again to being an answer. And now he's running an entire country controlling the entire gross national product. <laughs> what if he had a succeeded with Potiphar's place and he wasn't thrown back down? Where would you rather be, in Potiphar's house or running the entire country? So sometimes, the Bible says, it was good that I was afflicted. <laughs> and you don't know how good it was for you to be afflicted until one day you get a call from Pharaoh and says, bring him to me. And the Bible says he didn't have much time to get ready. So some of you just need to be ready because the Bible says all he had time to do was shave and get dressed. 
So sometimes we just need to shave off some of the things that, oh, the rejections and disappointments and just clean yourself up real quick, get it all off and put on the the good clothes and off you go. Yeah, some of you are about to step into something. So don't let other people, don't let how other people see you determine your value because they might see you as a problem, but God sees you as an answer. This is just a picture of being an answer on how your, your service can make a difference. This um, family got together for a portrait and uh, they picked a central location. It was in farm country. So they gather together and... Uh, it's an older house, it's a nice house, but it's sufficient, but there's a light on one wall and a light on the other wall, and the light shines up, and there's no ceiling lights. So they're getting together for a portrait, and they go to take a picture, you know, the, the grandparents are there, the kids and all the grandkids <clears throat> go to take the picture, and it's just so dark, and they just can't get a good picture. So the six-year-old says, oh, I'll go get a flashlight. So she runs off and grabs the flashlight, she comes back and puts on a chair, stands beside the guy with the camera, and shines the light down on the people. And someone said to her, uh, Case, don't you want to get in the picture? And she said, I don't need to be in the picture. I just want to hold the light. <laughs> so she understood that she didn't have to be in the picture, that if she was holding the light, it was more important to hold the light than to be in the picture. So it's a picture for us. How important is it for you just to be carrying the light? Or do you have to be in the picture? We're wanting to be in the picture, but God called us to be the light. Oh, you can tell your haters (laughs) to stop hating on you (laughs) because (laughs) you're the one holding their light. (laughs) Sometimes, this is a true story, the very people that you're praying and believing for will be the ones that are trying to put your light out. And uh, he knows, the enemy knows this. If he, he's ch- testing the, the quality and the sincerity of your heart. He knows if you can get offended and he can take them out of your hand and you'll just let them go, they belong to him. And if you just say, devil, you cannot take, if you can, op- if you can get them out of my hand, you can have them. So your determination for who you're praying for has got to be, it doesn't matter what they do to me, I'm not letting go. Same thing with Jesus. When he went to the cross, can you imagine what they were doing to him that you eventually get to a point of, you know what, I don't need this. (laughs) I don't need you. The way you're treating me pretty ugly right now. But it says he endured uh, for the joy set before him. And how do you look at people? Are they the joy for you? That's how we ought to view them, our joy. And you are going to be tested, and the quality of your faith for for family and for people is going to be tested. And and the enemy is looking to see who's got a stronger grip. And if we're just like Jesus, we'll have the same response Jesus did. I didn't lose any one of them out of my hand. So we've got to hold the people. And we just say, yeah, there's nothing you can do to me that will cause me to let you go. We, not, we might not be hanging out and going over dinners every night, but I'm not going to let you go.
The famine was a blessing, um, or Joseph could have died in jail. The famine created a need that Pharaoh couldn't supply. That gave Joseph the opportunity for his gift to operate because God knows your gift will make room for a man and bring you before great men. So appreciate your own gift. God is going to put you in a situation somebody sees you as an answer. Uh, don't argue with them when someone sees you as an answer because uh, you may end up looking at yourself and you might have still some residue of what other people have put on you. And God might present you very soon with an opportunity that seems way too big for you. Well, if you get an opportunity that's way too big for you, you've got nothing to lose by saying yes. You have everything to lose by going back to the prison. I mean, Joseph wasn't qualified to run all of Egypt. It wasn't on his resume. He had no, we mentioned a couple weeks ago, he had no leadership experience, no track record, but now he's running the entire kingdom. I mean, Pharaoh gave him his own ring. And he didn't take it off and say, oh, I'm just not worthy. I'm, don't let your own insecurities stop where God wants to bring you. Because <clears throat> you'll start examining yourself when the reality, the rubber meets the road. There's an opportunity and you can quickly talk yourself out of it. And it's the enemy who's whispering to you. And don't agree with him. Just agree with God. <clears throat> because some people view you as a problem. God sees you as an answer for the situation that he's bringing you to, even if it looks too big for you. <clears throat> Don't cry over what you lost. Um, because it is less than what God is about to give you. He's going to make you an answer. Uh, everything that he lost, that Joseph lost, he was supposed to lose because it was preparing him for this uh, to run the entire kingdom. Everything that you practiced on was only beneath you. It's not your real destiny. It's preparation for what is about to be released into your life. So get ready. You don't have long to get ready, as we mentioned. <clears throat> Sometimes the, the, the Pharaoh can just summon you for a moment. Yes, be ready in and out of season. If you submit to the, con the, the condition and the lies of, um, I'm just not good enough or whatever, um, it's going to keep you in your prison. So don't see your brokenness. Don't see your mistakes. Don't see all your crazy ways or what happened to you or what you've been through or what you even think about yourself <clears throat> with that key that you are going to be the answer to. I mean, it's all cut, but it's cut to fit properly. And even though it might, it might not have opened doors for you before, which brings you discouragement, um, we're rounding up this whole thing. This is the fourth leg of the race, and I believe for some people soon that key is going to turn, and it's going to be, even though doors were closed before, some doors are about to open that can never be closed. <clears throat> it's the season for you to come into your place and never forfeit because of your uniqueness as an answer, and you're not a problem. 
there's a prerequisite for favor. Um, number one, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, you had to be trustworthy. Joseph could be trustworthy. And uh, I believe it was Genesis chapter 50. I'm just going to read it. Why do you think Joseph got his promotion? You know, he didn't do it for Joseph's sake. I mean, Joseph got to enjoy the benefits of it, but it wasn't for him. And he was fully aware that his breakthrough wasn't just about him. Sometimes we're so breakthrough-minded for us, it says, oh, I just can't wait to get the breakthrough so that life can be easy. And uh, trust is about... You know, there are good people, and I say, Lord, help me be one of them, that, that God can, he's looking for that he can trust if he gives something to you that he knows it's supposed to go through you and not stop at you. <clears throat> uh, some people, they receive a blessing, and automatically, every single time, the blessing is just for them. God's looking for someone who, if he blesses you, that you say, what's this for? And you ask, this is for you? Yes, you enjoy it. But there are certain people, they get a blessing in their hand, and they start asking, Lord, who's, who else is this for? <clears throat> I remember one time, I asked the Lord for, I just wanted to give something to somebody. And I said, this person's really been serving. I want to be able to give them this. And the Lord put that on my heart for them. So I prayed for something specific. I just hunkered down, and I received it. Shortly thereafter, someone came and gave me a financial blessing. Listen, I'm telling you, I could have used the money all day long. I can stand up here, and then I'd be tooting my own horn, about how many times that I had real needs, and yet when something came to me, it left my hand. <clears throat> so anyway, I gave it to this lady, and I said, this is for you. So I didn't know that she was also believing for finances, for her to give to someone else. Wow. So she was needing to give... Because she saw something, so it made a chain through four hands to get where it was going because God could trust certain people. <clears throat> One time, I was driving down the road, and the Lord said, that house right there. So I stopped the car, turned back around. I, I was doing insurance at the time as a survival job. It wasn't really what I was all about, insurance. So uh, I go to the house, and that was my excuse for showing up at the door. So I did a quick small presentation right at the door. And the guy says, come on in. And it was, a, it was a nice place. So I was glad the Lord said, this house over here. The guy had a winery out back. And he had, you would guess he had all kinds of finances because of how posh this place was. You know, vases on the floor. It's nice to go into a house where you, the, the, the entryway is so big. They got stand-up vases with uh, nice stuff in there. So he starts telling me, that uh, the product that he made was rejected by the liquor commission and that they're about to foreclose on his, not only his house, but all his land, which was a huge chunk of land. So I was like, hmm. I said, okay, I know why you brought me here now. <laughs> and trust me, I wasn't wanting to be the Joseph. I wasn't looking to be someone's answer. I was want waiting for someone else to be my answer, you know? So I, the Lord gave me a number, which was about everything I had left in the bank. So I said, I don't argue with the Lord when that happens. I just act before I get a chance to think it out. So, poof, off to the bank I went. 
in certain circumstances, I have an agreement with my wife. I don't call her even over a certain amount of money if I know this is the Lord. So, but we've developed that trust over the years. We've been proven faithful. So I come back and give the guy this, this money. His wife's there. His wife starts crying. So I tell him that the Lord sent me. And he didn't even believe it, but whatever. His wife did. <laughs> and uh, she said, i got to tell you. She says, you see, we have all kinds of nice stuff. And I said, yep, yeah, it's very nice. And uh, she said, we have a whole family who offered to help us out by storing our possessions for us when we, when we have to close down. And she said, not one of them offered us 10 cents, and we don't even have money for toilet paper. So, to back the truck up, a few weeks prior to that, a guy who's, in, um, who's a mortgage broker, a specialist, he also specializes in bankruptcy protection. I came to his mind. He came and gave me a, a financial blessing. Well, when I went and talked to that guy, I thought, there was that guy from three weeks ago. So I said, can I hook you up with this guy? So he said, sure. So... I had the two of them hook up. He ended up getting a much greater commission by, um, by closing the deal. He protected the guy from losing everything. He got a commission far greater than the, the blessing that he gave me, so in, in an instant triangle, everything was solved. <laughs> That's totally amazing. <clears throat> can God trust you? <clears throat> he favors the people he can trust. He can trust them because they're not selfish, that, um, that it's just not all for them. Uh, and it's got to be that even when you feel like you're done wrong and you're always there for everyone else, I don't know if anybody else in here has felt like that. You just seem like you're everyone else's answer, wondering who's going to be my answer. If you follow Joseph's life... He was an answer, you know. They, they put him in the pit. He became an answer to Potiphar. They put him in the prison. He became an answer in prison. This is over a long period of time. While he's in prison, can you imagine not even knowing you're helping out other families and making sure everybody else is taken care of, and you don't even know if your own father is still alive? Like, I don't know if that brings it a little close to home, but can you imagine a family member that you've been so disconnected with that can't even reach out to you don't even know if the one who loves you, he, as far as he was concerned, like the father thought he was dead. But he didn't even know his father was still alive. But he's still about his father's business despite what he's going through. So when you're under pressure, are you going to do the right thing? Even when you don't like what you're doing. Even though like sometimes you can get weary in doing good where you just say, that's enough. <laughs> no more good. That's it. Time for the selfish button. Uh, it's going to be about me now. Um, God is looking for people that don't have that button. Where it's going to be about me now. You know, Joseph, even if he didn't get his, the Lord challenged me, even if he didn't get his promotion, could he still be joyful and content with just who he was and his relationship with God? I believe absolutely yes. Otherwise, if he did get bitter, that gift might have just dried up on him. Some people even get mad at themselves for being that kind of a person. And you know, it might even go so far as to lose respect for yourself. 
that you can always be trusted. And it's like, why am I always on the receiving end of being used for God? And here I am in this awful circumstance. And that kind of person God can trust. Even when you feel like, uh, is there something wrong with me? (laughs) I don't know if anybody else in here has ever asked themselves that question. And you're almost even embarrassed that you're that way. Like, who else would allow themselves to be put up with all this, you know? But that's why God's going to bless you. And it's guys like that who actually eventually, and no one knows their time, but when they're ready, when when Pharaoh says, come, he's ready. And all he has to do is get changed and go, and he finds himself running an entire nation with no prior experience, and it wasn't even on his resume. He was a problem for some people, but he became an answer for the very people that thought he was a problem. So you're going to have people in your life who think you're a problem. They don't even like your, your, who you are in the family in some cases. And uh, don't let them go and keep your heart towards them because they have no idea that you are going to be their answer. <clears throat> so stay ready because if it's not Pharaoh calling you, it could be your son or your daughter or whoever when they are ready. And because you have kept your heart, you'll be the answer. There's a practical approach for favor. There is, um, you have to be trusted and then you have to be uh, able to serve. Uh, So how do you turn your gift into a usable service? Um, Joseph had a coat of many colors and it's almost like, yeah, great, so what? Unless that coat um, transfers into conduct, it's just a coat. The coat marked favor had to be proven why this guy was worthy of favor. So until it converts into conduct, um, I don't know if you've heard the expression when you take communion, Jesus lifted up the bread in it, and the Bible says he blessed it, then he broke it, and then he gave it away. So your favor sometimes, you get marked with, you're blessed, you got the coat. But what you don't realize a lot of times thereafter is that coat, you are about to be broken. (laughs) And you need to be broken in order before you can be given away. Because there has to be that preparation. There has to be that proving of, I'm going back to God. I'm going to get back to God. And I'm going to anchor myself in who God says I am, despite what's what's trying to convert me into being something I'm really not. So it's all wonderful. Jesus was blessed in the beginning. He had followers all over the place until he was broken and then he was given. And then there's pain by being favored. As we said, the lower, sometimes the lower people try to push you down, the higher you're going to end up. So don't, don't be dismayed by you keep getting knocked off once in a while. Or you keep putting, don't re, always remember your position because God's going to take you there and even higher. We're not to use our gift to intimidate people or to lord it over them. Uh, the Bible says we are totally equal. We've got graces and gifts differing. And each one's to serve the other. We're a single unit. And uh, we learn to function as a single unit and see each other as a single unit, not as you hear me here. 
Joseph's favor lied dormant unless it was planted in the soil of someone else's need. Sometimes you just need to be the answer to someone who's got a need. In every element of his story, Joseph is the hero. You put him in a pit, he gets out. You put him in Potiphar's house, he runs it. You put him in prison, he runs the prison. You put him in the palace, he runs the palace. And the whole time, Joseph is more effective in alleviating other people's pain than his own. And I'm just going to close with this in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. But Joseph said to them, he's talking to his brothers, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? In other words, I'm not going to judge you. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for me to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives. So he didn't make it about his promotion. I am running. God put me here so I could run all of this. And he said, no. There's a reality to your promotion. And the reality is not all about. It's nice to be able to, to know that you're taken care of and that God trusts you and puts you in that place. But it's not all about being in the big house. It's not all about having the title. It's about, this was his response. What you meant for evil, uh, God meant to accomplish good in the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and for your children. Can you imagine? He's providing for the very brothers that wanted him dead. And he said to them, am I in the place of God? I'm not judging you. In fact, God has put me here to make sure you're taken care of. And it's that kind of mentality that the fourth man in the leg is able to get the breakthrough. Even though they tried to chop him down, even though they... They saw his blessing as their problem. Um, The end of the story is you end up ruling and reigning for God's plans and purposes. Amen.